Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. As homeschool moms, we want our kids to be healthy academically, spiritually, socially, and physically. That's because health is holistic. If there's a breakdown in one area, it's likely to affect the others. One area where I struggled as a mom was encouraging healthy eating. If that's an area you're seeking to improve, I know you'll love my guest today, Katie Kimball. Katie is the national voice of Healthy Kids Cooking. She's a blogger, two-time TEDx speaker, former teacher, and mom of four kids who founded the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse, recommended by the Wall Street Journal in 2020 as the best online cooking class for kids. Her blog, Kitchen Stewardship, helps families stay healthy without going crazy, and she's on a mission to connect families around healthy food, raise critical thinking skills using the lab of curiosity that is the kitchen, and grow the kids' meal revolution where every child learns to cook. Here is our super practical discussion. Katie, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am excited to talk with you about how we can encourage our kids to eat healthy meals. It's a very important topic for us to address, but before we jump in, I would love to have you introduce yourself and your family to my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. You're right. It's a hugely important topic. And uh, I'm a mom of four. I started life doing what I always knew I would do since I was in kindergarten. I was an elementary school teacher. (laughs) um, But I also knew, you know, as I observed my own perfectionist tendencies in high school and beyond, I would never be able to keep my sanity (laughs) teaching full-time and momming full-time. So there had to be a split. So I actually only taught in a classroom two years and (laughs) had a baby. I was like... Okay, well, that's yeah. the end of that. Um, and yeah, so now I have four kids, and and as as my kids were, as we're adding to our family, I was really into healthy eating. It was really important to me. And I hit a point after baby four was born where I felt like I was spending so much time in the kitchen feeding the children that I wasn't spending any time with the children. And I didn't (laughs) like that. I wanted to remember what they looked like if they were going to be so healthy and nourished. Um, So that's, that was sort of one of the motivations for me really diving into teaching my kids to cook. And because I was a teacher and a perfectionist, I was like, why not create a whole curriculum? (laughs) Why not? Right. Other families (laughs) probably need this too. And Mm -hmm. so that's, we kind of spent a whole summer with my kids and their friends, because I'm crazy. And I (laughs) sort of co-creating this whole curriculum of teaching kids ages two to 12 to cook. Um, And then, and then it became a passion. It's funny because it really wasn't Mm -hmm. a passion first. It was just a project. Now it's a passion. Oh, that's really neat. Well, I want to jump right in and talk about what is wrong with kids' meals. Because when I look back on my own parenting and even my own homeschooling, which I've been doing for more than 20 years, I realized that the number one thing that I would change if I could is how 
I fed my kids. I fed my kids kid food, (laughs) which Uh I don't have to tell you what that was. Chicken nuggets, French fries, um, hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, you name it. If it was a kid meal, that is what I fed my kids. Well, what's wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with that? You know, let's think about like how you teach your kids to write. For example, um, I've got I've got one of my kids who would not hold the pencil in any way close to correct, <laughs> and it looked like so much extra work. I said, "Your hand is going to get tired. You you don't want to set this habit, right? You don't want to learn to hold the the pencil the wrong way. Like you got to do this your whole life." And this child was so stubborn. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> They would not hold the pencil the right way. And still to this day, doesn't (laughs) hold the pencil the right way. Mm -hmm. And I really think of eating like that. Like, why would you start out eating in a different way than you want the end to be? Why would we teach our kids to eat inside a certain box, right? A certain set of labels called kid-friendly food. If that's not really what we want them to eat for their lives, which hopefully it's not because generally those are highly palatable, highly processed, not as nutrient dense. We're missing out on a lot of vitamins and minerals. And, uh, and it's just, it's kind of training their palates, like my child's hand to hold the pencil, so to speak, to eat the food in an incorrect way that ultimately is not going to serve them when they're older. So that's, that's me. I think it's really lowering the bar when we teach kids this dichotomy that kids eat one way and adults eat another way. I think we want to set them up for success. Right. And you're, you are reminding me of when I had a couple who were friends of mine come and visit for the first time. And they had their two very young boys. I mean, very young boys. And they were eating salad (laughs) at the table. And I was just shocked by that. They were eating the adult food. And, you know, I, I felt a little guilty because deep down I knew I should have been doing that with my kids too. So I agree with what you were saying there about why don't we start kids out eating healthy adult uh, foods. So what can we do now though, to raise the bar? For sure. I mean, first, no guilt, no shame, right? Our culture is so infuriating because it's made it really, really easy for you to do what you just confessed to us that you did. Mm -hmm. Like there are so many convenience foods. They're so quick. They're so easy. They make the kids happy. It's one less power struggle. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness. I don't fault any parent for like, we don't plan this, right? We just slide down the slope of easy, quick, convenient food. Mm -hmm. And so start by letting yourself off the hook. First of all, if you're, if you're stuck in kind of the short order cooking situation, um, but trust that your kids can rise to the bar that you raise. Okay. So we've got to take off the labels. We gotta, we gotta stop labeling our kids picky eaters because why would they try to eat better if that's what we're calling them? Right. Mm. So I challenge parents to say, my child is simply learning to eat, right? My child <laughs> is still learning to eat they I love it. To eat everything yet. <laughs> I love and it. We build that growth mindset. And I tell you what, Melanie, I just worked with 4,000 families in a no more picky eating challenge and their children as young as age three and four are saying to their grandmothers, oh, I'm still learning to eat. <laughs> How beautiful. 
powerful is that, that the kids like within a week took on that language. So we got to take off the labels of picky eaters. We got to take off the labels of kid food, kids, meals, kid-friendly food, right? Mm -hmm. And, And quite simply just raise the bar, raise your expectations and believe that the children can and will eat a wide variety of foods. We know biologically our taste buds turn over, like fall off and regrow every 90 days. Hmm. 90 days. That's it. That's not even very long. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we can completely change the palate of a, of a child in 90 days, not easily, <laughs> not without <laughs> some work. Right. Right. But it's, it's doable. Right. Oh, that's neat. And yeah. So what I say is just some people have to go cold Turkey. Like I'm done short order cooking. Some people have to, to ease into it and allow there to be what we call some safe foods or some preferred foods on the table. If you've got a kid who literally would mm-hmm. not eat if they didn't have the chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, pizza, cheeseburger diet, then you know what I mean? You may have to shift them because we don't want to starve our kids out. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're not weeds, right? Right. Um, so we so we need to work with them and and not against them, but it's super possible. So that's step one is just no guilt, raise the bar, okay. believe that it's possible. Okay. Um, believe that it's possible. And then what? (laughs) So I'm just thinking, oh boy, you know, because I've been there, I've had picky eaters. Truth be told, I still have one, um, who is too old to be someone who is still learning to eat. Let's put it that way. (laughs) You know what though? Uh, Yeah. My husband added quite an impressive number of foods to his diet in his thirties. Okay. So I promise it's never too late. All right. It's a little harder. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I really do appreciate that. And I have also seen that because I have a 22 year old son who was an exceptionally picky eater who really has done an about face and now is very fascinated by new foods and new cooking processes and uh, that kind of thing. So I do know that it can happen. And so we want to, of course, be encouraging to you if, if that's your situation. Um, what are the benefits of kids eating healthier foods um, besides just making dinner time easier on mom? Sure. I mean, well, first of all, physically, we, we know that if we've got a good balanced diet, we're just giving them better building blocks. You know, I, I say directly mm-hmm. to my kids, I say, boy, may, maybe they have snapped at their sibling or snapped at their mother. Yes. That <laughs> happens all the time. I might say, boy, you seem like you need some fuel, <laughs> right? How are we going to fuel our bodies today? So, so, mm-hmm. so quite clearly like mood and behavior really are all impacted by how we eat. And if we're eating kind of that highly processed, usually high carbohydrate, high sugar diet, we're getting quick bursts of energy and then the dip, the mm-hmm. crash and the, and the hanger feelings. So mm-hmm. that's a great thing to erase, right? right. No, nobody wants to have hangry kids. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and I just think it's setting up habits for a lifetime, right? Yes. So if, if you always have vegetables on the table. If you always start the meal with salad, if your kids understand that a a snack isn't only something munchy crunchy that comes out of a bag or a box, (laughs) right. Then they, they have those roots. They have those habits. And even if, you know, they kind of fall away in high school and college, they, they know what true North is. 
Mm. They, they know what the normal is and hopefully they sort of remember how they felt well mm. and nourished and fueled as a child. Now, I also think that kids taking ownership and being able to make those foods for themselves makes a massive difference. So that's me as I want to redefine the kid's meal as one that a kid has cooked, one that right. a kid has made. Right. And so now you're challenging us not just to focus on giving our kids healthier options and not falling for this notion that we have. And I definitely believed that my kids will only eat kid-friendly foods. They're only going to eat mac and cheese and peanut butter and jelly. That's it. Um, But now you're saying, okay, now you have to get them into uh, the kitchen and teach them how to cook. Um, Where do we start with that? Because that seems like a big endeavor. Well, you're making it sound like I'm giving everyone homework. The good news news is that your kids getting competence in the kitchen actually helps them eat better. So rather than it being two monumental tasks ah, to do, right? Mm -hmm. It's actually two synergistic tasks that when they blend, it becomes like 1.3 tasks. So to-do list just got shorter. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But, but it does though. No, tons of parents say this just, it feels huge. Like teach the children to cook or even like teach the kids to make a whole recipe. It's overwhelming to our parent brains. We are exhausted, especially Mm -hmm. by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Now, homeschoolers have beautiful opportunities right throughout the day. And so what I like to advocate is skills over recipes. Hmm. Okay. So when you teach again, let's go back to reading. When you're teaching your kid to read, you don't say, all right, today I'm going to teach my five-year-old to read the Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew. Like (laughs) -hmm. you don't start with the whole book, (laughs) the chapter Mm -hmm. books. You start with, we're going to learn A, B, and C, right? And A Mm -hmm. says and B says B. So it's it's little skills that come together to make the big skill called reading. It's the same in the kitchen. So where do you start? You say, well, I've got a three-year-old. I guess I could teach my three-year-old to measure a teaspoon of salt. And then my three-year-old is involved in the meal and at dinner. I can say, wow, this food tastes so good. You know what makes food taste good? The salt. Who put the oh. salt in here at just the right amount? <laughs> right. And now your three-year-old is beaming. They think cooking's amazing and they want to come mm. back. You're, you win on that one, mama, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got a seven-year-old. Oh, what does a seven-year-old need? Well, seven-year-old really needs confidence. You know, they need to feel like they're contributing to the world. Like they don't want everything to happen to them. They're, they're kind of making their way in the world. So maybe a seven-year-old needs to learn to flip a pancake, not make the whole pancake, just flip, mm-hmm. just flip, right? Maybe a seven-year-old needs to learn how to use a, a paring knife on something that's long and safe and like medium density, like a cucumber. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just going to learn to cut a cucumber today, mm-hmm. but that seven-year-old is going to feel like pretty hot stuff. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> with a sharp knife. So you just, you know, you think of what one small skill can I teach my whatever child's age is, right? That would give them that sense of confidence where they feel like they're needed, they're included, mm-hmm. they've done mm-hmm. something that's important. And that makes them want to come back. Also, don't do it right before dinner. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> everybody's stressed. Everybody's yes. stressed. Hungry. So I, yeah. Yeah. I would say teach your kids to cook like actually after they've eaten is the best time. Cause then they're for sure not hangry. Right. Right. And uh, as homeschoolers, we can absolutely, you know, make it part of the lesson plan so that, you know, we could be doing it in the afternoon 
and plenty of time for dinner so that the kids could actually eat or have a snack, have the kids make a snack uh, that they can then enjoy in a low stress, uh, low key way. So I do love that. I do know, however, that there are a number of parents listening right now who they don't even cook (laughs) very often. So it's not just about getting over themselves and handing over some of the cooking responsibilities to their kids, but it's the fact that they are grabbing pizza and ordering takeout and putting convenience meals in the oven. And so what do you want to say to that parent? There's a hack for that. Okay. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) There's there's always a hack for everything, right? I mean, first of all, we put time into what we choose, we we believe is important. So sometimes that's part of it is like, if you really believe that pizza is one of the main food groups and that's what's important to you, then probably you're going to stop listening to this podcast pretty soon, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? But if you're like, man, I wish I had more energy, right? I wish I felt better. I wish I didn't feel so heavy after eating those might be some signs that your brain wants you to read up a little bit on nutrition and and go, oh, I guess this is important, right? Because our brains have to believe it before we will do do anything, Mm -hmm. okay? But there are so many healthy convenience foods now. I mean, you can buy pre-cut, right? Broccoli, baby carrots, cauliflower. So you can buy everything like pre-cut in a veggie tray, right? You can buy pretty well-sourced meats, you know, Mm grass-fed burgers, things that don't really take a ton more time than the convenience foods. And so, so part of it is, yeah, part of it is believing that you want it. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I teach kids to cook, right. And Melanie parents tell me all the time, like, oh my gosh, I'm learning something new too. <laughs> like, I don't know what sure. I'm doing either. So I'm pretending that I'm teaching the kids, but actually you're teaching the kids and me. Thank you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. part of it is, I mean, kids love to see parents be humble and kids love to be able to teach their parents and learn with their parents. So that's a beautiful thing. You know, if you want to make it an event and take a class and learn together, amazing. Mm -hmm. If you want to just buy the pre-cut veggie tray and put that out first at the beginning of the meal, because there's a little secret sauce in that move, um, then the, the veggie tray and the pizza is better than just the pizza, Mm -hmm. right? The bagged salad, the veggie tray and the pizza, like You just, Mm -hmm. you need to just have some baby steps and get some momentum where you don't feel like I am not saying that everyone should do a 180. That's, that's crazy. No one can handle that and keep Mm -hmm. their sanity. Like the name of your show, right? It's just, what can, what can we do to make some small changes? Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate what you're saying because my mind is just going to the mom right now who wants her family to eat healthier meals and probably herself too. I mean, it's, it's such a key to having, um, appropriate weight management for the entire family. So, so that's a big, um, thing that we desire. We want to teach our kids life skills as homeschoolers. And even though we're homeschoolers, we still sometimes struggle to just have fun family time that's not school related, you know, and task oriented. So cooking together and taking one of your classes or taking another type of cooking class or just experimenting and following a YouTube (laughs) video together is such a great way of checking off all of those boxes, healthier eating, 
teaching kids life skills and spending time together as families. I'm sure you've heard from a number of families who've talked about these benefits. Oh, for sure. Um, like I said, I, I started teaching my kids to cook from a place of desperation. <laughs> I was, you know, I was just feeling stuck and I kind of needed some more people on my team and they were people. I felt it. And also life skills too. We, we survey our members and the top reason people start teaching their kids to cook is just because they want them to have life skills. And I love that, especially in the homeschooling community. Like, yes, you guys are doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I, what I heard, what I found in my own family and heard from members over the last six years, as I've been teaching kids to cook is that the benefits are so much bigger than just the practical, mm-hmm. right? They're so far beyond, even beyond the kitchen where we see a ton of confidence grow in these kids. And many people tell me about how their kids feel confident doing real life skills in the kitchen. And that spills out right into other areas of life. You know, the young ladies are babysitting and feeling like, wow, like I can do this thing now. And um, even my daughter, she was public school at the time, ran for class officer and she's super shy. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. But then Mm. her little speech was about, making dinner on Sundays. And you know, some of the things that she knows other kids her age don't do. The confidence is amazing. The creativity is amazing, right? I think we worry in any, all parents, homeschoolers, public school, private school, we all worry a little bit about the screens and, and are our kids using their thumbs more than, you know, the rest of their hands mm-hmm. are there, are mm-hmm. we creating enough? And so the kitchen is a beautiful synergy of both the artistic creativity right? Of kind of making up a recipe or, or shifting someone else's recipe that that gives kids a real sense of empowerment too, right? An mm-hmm. adult wrote this recipe and I can tweak it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. But also like just the physical act of creating, right? Working mm-hmm. with your hands. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a sociologist once, Marcy Pusey, and she said that when kids are working with their hands with painting, Play-Doh, cutting up vegetables, it actually unlocks the storytelling parts in their brain when you're working with your hands. And so that's why we hear our kids' best stories, I believe, when we're working side by side in the kitchen and manipulating food with our hands. Mm, that's really neat. I'm all about stories. So, and I, and I do think it um, can make a difference. Boy, especially when you have um, kids who have ADD and they need to be doing something with their hands and it kind of frees them up to be able to listen better, and communicate better. So I love that. I hadn't ever thought about cooking as a way to keep kids' hands um, busy. So I That's love the that. practical Play-Doh. <laughs> right, right. I love that. That's just excellent. So you said something that has always been a desire of mine and continues to be, and that is um, having kids make an entire meal. <laughs> And I know you've been saying all along today that you have to take baby steps. So if I want that as a parent, I want my child to make the whole meal. How do I get there? How do I get started? That is a great question. So I'll say that uh, my two oldest are currently 13 and 16. They've been making one meal a week on and off, you know, routines change and you fall off the horse and whatever, but one meal a week for the last three years since they were nine and 12. And the way I started with them, I mean, first it's the skills. You got to know how to measure, you got to know how to stir, use the oven, stove, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. we built those skills really intentionally. And then the way it started with me is I decided I wanted to volunteer at high school youth group. 
which was Sundays at 5.30. And my husband said, no, <laughs> that's, that's a really bad idea because that's dinner time. And even if you say you'll start dinner at 3.30 on Sunday, Katie, you're not going to do it. And you're going to be stressed and dinner will be 75% done. And you'll be throwing food onto the table and you'll walk out the door and slam the door. And we'll all be like, whoa, it just happened. Mm-hmm. So he's, I'm sure he was right. He probably said it in a more loving way. Mm-hmm. Actually, he said, no. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. Um, and I said, well, what if, what if Paul and Leah would take that dinner, right? That Sunday dinner so that I didn't have to. And so I approached them and I said, could we do this as a team? Like if I'm serving the high school youth at church, because you're making dinner in some ways you're serving the big kids at church. Right. And they're like, okay, we can do this. So we decided that it would just Sunday pizza day. They would make a homemade pizza. So in August, before the youth group got started, we, we made the pizza twice in one day. So I made the entire recipe. I had them watch me. We have a big family. So twice, uh-huh. twice is not actually that big. <laughs> but uh-huh. I had them watch me and I talked through it put it in the oven. Then I said, okay, now we switch. And I backed off and I just watched them do it. Then, you know, so that I had confidence Mm -hmm. because they were going to be doing this recipe while I was literally out of the house, which kind Mm -hmm. of was good because I tend to kibitz more than I should. (laughs) So it was actually really good that there was a split there. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I did it once for them. They made it. And then that whole year they made this pizza recipe. I mean, they learned it by heart. They knew it's like 417. They had to walk into the kitchen or whatever it was. Like they Mm -hmm. had it down to a science and it was so good for their confidence. And then the next year we said, okay, now every other time you plan something new, Mm -hmm. right? And you find a recipe on Pinterest or you look in the cookbooks or you choose a family favorite. Mm -hmm. And then we figure that out. And so that was, that was my way of like slowly easing them in you know, to, to cooking and to meal planning. That's really hard. <laughs> meal planning is really, really hard. It's hard enough for parents. It's really hard for kids. They're like, Oh wait, we, we have to cook today. So I, I have a crazy memory of my son trying to make uh, meatballs out of partially frozen meat, oh. <laughs> you know, partially thawed, <laughs> partially frozen. Cause they didn't plan ahead well enough. And he, he got the recipe done. He finished and he kind of walks toward me holding his hands in front of him going, mom, I can't feel my fingers, <laughs> right? Because they're like frozen solid. But we learn from failure. They, they, they're they still continuing to get better at meal planning. Mm, that's wonderful. And I, I especially like the idea of not being there <laughs> because I have certain things that cause me a lot of anxiety. Yeah. And when my kids were younger, using knives and the stove and you know, the oven and those kinds of things were part of that anxiety provoking list. So, um, it would work beautifully for me to leave after I've made sure that they know what they're doing and then I Mm -hmm. don't have to stress out. So I, I love that. Well, I know because I'm this type of homeschooler that we have a number of parents who are listening right now and they're saying, yes, I want to do this. I just have to find a few hours to sit down and plan the whole thing out, like how I'm going to implement this, you know, the healthier foods that we're going to eat and the cooking program. And as soon as I get that magical few hours where I have nothing else to do and no one is interrupting me, then I'm going to do it. And it doesn't ever happen. (laughs) I love the way you set that up. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) 
Well, it's just the truth. It's just how it goes. So what do you have to say to that parent who is having that fantasy uh, right now? Progress over perfection, right? We don't always have to know, you know, step five before we can take step one. Mm -hmm. So some of it is, I mean, ideally, if you, especially if your kids are like under eight or under five, they're probably asking here and there, can I help? Mm -hmm. And it's probably at the worst possible time when you have an event, your whole family is going to after dinner and you you can't slow down. Right. So we need to learn the art of yes. And Mm -hmm. right. Can I help? Yes. And I would like to teach you some skills tomorrow after you finish your math. But right now, could you set the table? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Or yes. And, and so we're trying to, how, how can we have like a game plan just in our head? Mm-hmm. So that then, and then that, that becomes the plan. And now you've got a plan tomorrow. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, I better, I better pick a skill that I'm going to teach them. And you know, it. I don't think, I don't think there's a magic system. I mean, I did spend a really long time with index cards all over my office floor, figuring out like how logically to connect steps together. But mm-hmm. if you teach, you know, peeling a cucumber one day and you, you teach how to measure that teaspoon of salt the other day, and the third day you teach how to flip hamburgers, like it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. I don't think there's any wrong way. We just need to learn that art of yes. And so Mm -hmm. that we can, we can not be too stressed about it and just take one little, one little step at a time there. Yeah. Cause like you said, there will never be the magic three hours Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the perfect planning. So either you use my plan because I took the three hours because I had to, because it's my job or, (laughs) well, I I wanted to, to serve everyone else. Mm -hmm. Also, it's my job, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Or, or you just kind of do one little thing, like as, as they come up mm-hmm. in your life, but try really hard. I think not to do it before dinner, because that's the stressful hour of the day. Right. Right. And, you know, homeschoolers enjoy researching and putting together plans for the most part. You know, we kind of daydream about what it's going to be like when we teach our kids to cook and we learn all about healthy eating and it's just going to be so grand. But I think it is wise for us to ask ourselves, what is the greatest use of our time? What is the greatest gift that we can give to our kids? And in my opinion, or, or, or at least from my perspective with my own family, the greatest gift that I can give to my kids is the time that I spend with them. And it makes more sense for me to save my researching planning time with respect to cooking skills and (laughs) teaching them, you know, how to cut with uh, sharp knives and all those kinds of things um, and what order I'm going to teach everything in and not just be willy nilly here and there and everywhere, but to use a plan like what you have put together, I have used um, your uh, kids cook real food course um, with my kids, with my youngest two kids. And I love how it is put together. It just saves my sanity because it's just easy to use. It's turnkey user-friendly and I don't have to worry that I'm forgetting something and I don't have to feel so put off by all the prep work that I need to do um, because it's already done for me. And so I can just jump right in. So can you tell us more about um, the resources that you have created for us to use? 
Sure. Our, our curriculum runs from ages two to 12 and beyond, and we have three levels. So our, our beginner level is mostly your preschoolers up through age five. Our intermediate level is kind of is once kids can read, we want to teach them to read a recipe well, use sharp knives and get at the stove. So that's kind of a six or seven to eight or 12, or really like if your kid's a rookie, they need the intermediate level. And the advanced is getting into the chef's knives and balancing multiple recipes, making whole meals. So it's video-based, which is really, really helpful, right? So that's why the parents don't have to know how to move the knife and exactly everything to do, because that's my job. Like my kids and I, and their friends are all in the videos. And so they'll show you and your kids what you can do with a skill. Then you head into the kitchen and implement that skill. Um, and we're really flexible on food too. I know, I know that food allergies are a huge concern for a lot of families and even just preferences, right? Maybe some kids who are still learning to eat and have a lot of preferences. And so that's why I love that we focus on the skill. Um, so for example, we don't use a lot of gluten and dairy because I know those are really highly allergenic foods, but when we teach the skill of using a rolling pin, right? Rolling out dough, we do make whole wheat tortillas, but we also offer a gluten-free cracker recipe that uses exactly the same skill. And you could substitute in any family, you know, you could be making pies for the holidays and use the same skill. And that's the power, I think, of skills over recipes is that you're mm. going to build your kid's toolbox with all these amazing skills. And now they can use them on any recipe they come across. So I think a third of our members actually do have food allergies. Wow. in their family. Yeah. Because those families know that their kids more than anyone really need to know how to cook for themselves to keep themselves safe. Um, and so that's, that's a gift that was really important to me to kind of incorporate into our courses for the families. Yeah, that, that's, that just makes so much sense. And it's really because I did eat a special diet for eight years that required me to make every single thing I ate from scratch. It's just, it's great to know some cooking tips and tricks that can enable you to eat something healthy in a hurry. So, you know, this is going to be a great aid to families who do have to prepare food because of being on a special diet or because of food allergies. So I just love that. Well, if we have our listeners ready to go. They want to get a hold of your courses and other materials that you have prepared for them. Where can they find it? Where's the best place for them to go? Well, we're at kidscookrealfood.com or kidscookrealfood on Instagram. Um, but also we'll make sure that we have a special little gift for your listeners. Wonderful. At, yeah. Kidscookrealfood.com slash sanity. And uh, I just, I love to get knives in the hands of children, not to be taken the wrong way, but our <laughs> members' favorite class is our knife skills class. And so that's what I'd love to give your listeners. It's a 10 minute video teaching three ways to hold the food, four ways to hold the knife. And it's the same from your two-year-olds to your teens, same skills from butter knives to chef's knives. Cause just like eating, why would we teach our kids to do something in a strange way and then suddenly have to shift just because the knife has changed. So we teach our little ones to respect, you know, that butter knife or maybe a dull cheese knife is a great size for your two through five-year-old kids. Um, we teach them to respect that as if it's sharp and then everybody has more confidence to slide them into a paring knife at pretty early ages. We have, we have five and six, even four-year-olds using paring knives. 
Wow. I mean, that that makes so much sense. You're, you're absolutely right. Why would we teach them that? Oh, there's no, there's no problem with this butter knife. (laughs) And then of course they're going to cut themselves with the sharp knife. So well, in those kids safe knives, you see like the curious chef brand is one popular, they're plastic, they're serrated and in some ways they're great, right? Because they get kids involved in the kitchen and parents aren't nervous, but you can only use a serrated knife with sort of a saw blade back and forth motion. And that's not how you use a chef's knife. So kids have to retrain their muscle memory Mm -hmm. when they're ready to move up. And so I just think it creates a lot more questions than it solves Mm -hmm. when we start with tools that are a little too special, right? I love, I love (laughs) kid-friendly knives being that they're smaller, Mm -hmm. but I don't love kid-friendly knives if it changes what we have to do with our bodies. Wow. So good. Well, I appreciate so much that you have been here and sharing this with us. Sometimes we just need another little bit of motivation to do what we have already felt called to do in our homes around cooking and teaching those cooking skills and around picky eating and all of that. So um, I am just so thankful to you for your time and also for that special gift that you're offering to my listeners. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And remember that it's not two things, right? That are, oh yeah, (laughs) help them eat better. I just wanted to like remind everyone out there that like, it's a whole package because also when they're cooking, they nibble a little bit and Mm -hmm. that's like, totally just like ignore it. Just let it happen because that's intrinsic motivation to be eating the vegetables. Yay. Yes. Yes. It's one and the same. I got it. I got it. (laughs) Well, thank you again. Thank you. Find the free knife skills class Katie mentioned in the show notes at homeschoolsanity.com slash healthy eating. I'll be back next week when I share important information on depression for homeschool moms. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.